they have to understand any one of us have some level of PTSD. Oh yeah. And you have they have to start addressing that. Central Rock the Box behind the forty four Case Avenue on seven fifty Case Avenue. All right, good morning. Pete and Julie from Rush the Bus, and we're with Kelly Adams. So, good morning. How are you? I'm still asleep, but I'm not <laughs> You're here. doing good. How's <laughs> the Michigan winter going so far for you? Is there any snow yet? It snowed yesterday, um, pretty much all day, but it wasn't cold enough to stick. That's so. good. Thank you for mm-hmm. coming on and finally getting to talk with us. I know. Um, so, so, you live in. Michigan. Yes. And you- I'm about six miles out of Detroit. I'm in a suburb of Detroit, they call it. Okay. And you work for the Detroit Fire Department on the EMS division, right? Yes. Yeah, cool. Tell us, you know, a little bit about yourself. So who is Kelly Adams? Oh, goodness gracious. Well, if you ask someone else, they may give you a different opinion. Okay. I mean, um, I've been working for the department for 17 years now. Um, 13... I started, I used to work for Child Protective Services years ago, and then I just couldn't handle that anymore. So I figured, you know, my midlife crisis job was going to be the fire department. Yeah. Go figure. So I went to the fire academy, and I went to the EMT academy, and here I landed in Detroit. Okay. So, and then it's, I've been here ever since. So when you got hired, so you became an EMT and what was that like? So you became an EMT because you got tired of child protective services. And did the fire department train you as an EMT or you had to be an EMT before you got hired by them? Um, you have to be hired. Or I'm sorry, you have to be trained. That's okay. You have to be trained before uh, <laughs> you get there. But then they have a 16-week academy that you have to go through. Okay. To, um, you know, because they want to teach you kind of how to do things in the city, how you know, urban environment versus, you know, private ambulance company. But I never worked for a private ambulance company. Okay. So I went straight from EMT school into the city. So oh, wow. I kind of, I didn't develop those bad habits as they say. Yeah. You get yeah. From, uh, so what, so you went to the academy and that was five days a week from what time to what time? Yeah. Seven in the morning till three in the afternoon. It was terrible. I'd never do it again. <laughs> it was like going to boot camp every day and having to go home and talk about it. Yeah. Oh man, was it? There was like a physical aspect too. Were you guys like running or? Oh yeah, we we had PT every day. I mean, it was more physical than I would say anything else. I mean, we did a little bit of book stuff, but it was pretty much all about lifting and carrying and you know our average patient is 200 pounds yeah. and now it's 225 to 30 and uh to get out of the academy you had to be able to lift 325 wow with two people through an obstacle course really oh geez yeah I mean, that was then they yeah. lightened up a little yeah bit that's apparently then. everywhere they've lightened up so we used to, have to do like the two-man stretcher <laughs> had to work a two-man stretcher and now they they don't even have that anymore yeah, our stretchers that they have now are pretty uh, automated. Yeah, fancy pants. No, listen <laughs> I like the eye roll. Push the button and it does it for you. Yeah. Yep. So, all right. So then, so you finished all that, did they have you go out and do like ride-alongs before you finished the academy? Yeah, like we were in a pro. We did a probationary period okay. for like six months, or it, it could be longer depending on if you know you were evaluated or not, depending how. Uh, your lieutenant came around and seen what you could do and couldn't do. Yeah. And so, yeah, you had to ride around with some old guys for six months. That's pretty cool. 
hmm. just so you got the idea of what was going on. Were you a third at that time or it was just the two of you? Yeah. Okay, you were a third. No, it was third ride. Okay. And then you went, and then they used to, you had, you couldn't sign up with new people back then, yeah. which was smart. I mean, but now, you know, being short staffed, there's people that come out of the academy together that end up on a truck. Oh, wow. Oh, you know, the two of them. Yeah. And, that doesn't work out very yeah, well. Yeah, the same thing. It's like it, throwing... it doesn't work out well. It's just a, it's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, it's, it's like a bad. trial by fire. You're sort of just going in, you know, and taking a crash course, I guess, almost. For the best. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much the way it is. And in that mo- that six months when you were, like, basically new to EMS um, and you were a third, like, what did you think? I mean, when you were done with that period, were you like, all right, this is for me? Or were you kind of like... I'm not sure about this. With me, I had my probation extended, which I was happy to do <laughs> because my um, bosses it didn't show up on enough of my scene, so they didn't have all the, I didn't meet all the criteria because there was no documentation on if I could do it or if I couldn't yeah. do it. And um, I was more than happy to stay extended because that kept me on a truck with three people. Yeah. And to this day, I'll tell you, those trucks need three people. Yeah. Two people just isn't enough to handle a, a real emergency scene. Mm. I mean, we do it, yeah. but it's taxing. Yeah. yeah. When you came out, was the call volume, like, exceptionally high? I mean, what, what, you know, what year was this? The what- call volume has never lowered or, or changed since I've been there. I mean, it's 100, I think it's 150,000 a year we make, something like that. And we're uh, 133 square miles. And at one point, we only had seven trucks wow. and that were up and running at the time. So, I mean, I rode one truck. There were five of us on the truck wow. because we didn't have enough people. Yeah. <laughs> so there really wasn't even enough for the patient to be in the truck. Yeah. But we all showed up for work. It was the fact we didn't have trucks to drive. But that was, you know, 15 years ago. So that's, I was going to ask you that. What did they do? With, so if you only had seven trucks and people came to work. You just, you guys all just piled in the ambulance and look like clone cars. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess it probably was like safety and numbers too. I'm sure like it was a busy. Oh, it was fun. Yeah. I mean, nothing beats six medics on a scene, <laughs> yeah. you know. I mean, it turns into a sideshow at that point. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, you were getting stuff done faster than you could imagine, except it was taking 45 minutes to get to the run because there were so many runs. Yeah. And uh, you were just going one after another. You drop one off, go straight to another one, drop one off, go straight to another one. But that's kind of the way it is now. The, they have the fleet up to 20, I think it's 25 or 26 trucks. Hey, hey. Sorry. <laughs> just, uh, have, uh, we have our kids <laughs> tied up outside. <laughs> <laughs> There's, I think, 26 trucks now, and it's still like that. You drop one off, you got to, as soon as you come back in service, you're headed for another run. And you know, how just are ambulances stationed, like, in a specific area, or you can pretty much go anywhere? Like, they're going to... No, they're all in the firehouse. We, we're stationed at the firehouses all over the city. And um, we can, you know, as long as we're in our area, we, we don't have to sit at the firehouse. But, I mean, there's not too far you can go unless you're stationed in the house downtown then you get to go watch the people that are you know at campus marshes ice skating if you choose to do hmm. something like that but but can you be grabbed anywhere in the city like to kind of backfill you know if there's oh absolutely absolutely i can it, it wouldn't be uncommon 
for me to get a run across the city, yeah. you know, and it could be a code one because there's no units available. Mm. So we'll be driving 18 miles, you know, 20 miles wow. to get to a run. Mm. Yeah. And how were hospitals? I mean, were there a lot of hospitals set up at that time? Like, I mean, was it? In the beginning, there were a few more hospitals. Mm-hmm. Go outside. Go on. I left the door open. <laughs> they are all over. I tell That's you, right. I told you, we just woke up. Got to get that energy out of here. <laughs> so, yeah, we had four or five, I want to say five, maybe five hospitals we could go to back then. Um, and now we're down to three and the one, two, three, four in the veteran center. I wow. Believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a. Um, we have a veteran center that if it's a code three, which I don't know how you guys codes go, but code three is like uh, non-emergency kind of a code. Okay. Code one is the, the worst one. Um, if you have a veteran and it's code three, you can take them to the vet center. If it's anything over that, we have to take them to, our, you know, yeah, yeah, a regular hospital. Do they have to be a vet to go to the vet center? Like, or anyone can well, go? They should, and a lot of the vets want to, because if they don't go to the vet center, the hospital, the vet hosp- veteran hospital, um, they they get charged. Okay. So because of their insurance, yeah. And you know, because there's a lot of times you really have to explain to them, buddy, you're having a heart attack. We gotta yeah. take you to you know this place or or the burn center or whatever, and they don't understand that because they think. They're going to get a bill, and they probably will. Yeah. They go to one well, of the you know, hospitals. Well, you know, the vets hospitals can't always do everything, you know, that. Right, right. Like a level one trauma center or whatever would. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And, 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 you know, most of our code ones are definitely, you know, they need to go to Detroit Receiving or St. John's, Maine. Those are our, our two trauma centers. Mm. How, and how, uh, how, I believe Grace might have been. Um, I'm not sure. I, I'm not a West Sider, but I think um, Grace Northwest is a trauma center, too. How quick did they get you out of the hospital? Because that's one of the issues that we have is where they don't get you out. Yeah, it all depends on who, who your nurse is. That's just there's a lot of factors that go into that. Who's who's, you know. You can be in there sometimes for 30 minutes waiting for a bed. Yeah, yeah sometimes longer. Yeah. That's same here. Yeah. And what about, I mean, do you feel like uh, most of the calls are like trauma or level ones or like, is it pretty much divided like medical and trauma? Well, most of the calls are unnecessary. (laughs) (laughs) We have people call from anywhere from a, you know, ripped fingernail to a stubbed toe. Gout seems to be a 911 call all the time. And you can explain that to them, but. It's their emergency. We don't understand. Yeah. So we, you know, everybody gets a gride if they call. So that's, you know, a lot of the problem in the city. But if it were between how many medical and I think it's pretty even the medical and the trauma with us because there's a lot of trauma. Yeah. Do you feel like today is better than it was 15 years ago, trauma wise or like violence in the city, not better. It's the same. same. No, no, it's the same. There's still everybody. They're killing each other out there. I mean, you know, the gang violence and the the domestic violence is just it's crazy. Yeah. And our people are getting killed during these domestic violence. 
we just lost a couple our police officer yeah i saw that I um, six months ago something like that yep. i mean my timing might be wrong but yeah it was it was a girlfriend boyfriend mm. something ridiculous and he got shot and killed yeah it's like the dangers of this you know this kind of work just basically sure. showing up at people's situations you know and mm -hmm. so when and you we're outsiders yeah. yeah they don't want nothing to do with us so when you came out of the academy what station did you go to oh god that's a good question mm -hmm. oh i know where i went i went to uh medic five or medic two that was west side that's why i don't do west side. i don't like the west side um what's the difference between the east side and the west the, side the, the west side let me tell you here west side people know east side people and east side people know west side people yeah. you just know them walking up on them yeah. and and west side people don't like east side people. interesting <laughs> and i'm east side so it's like um i went over there with a couple of really good guys um they'd been they'd had a lot of time on the job and uh I was their probing. They weren't real nasty to me, and I was a little older coming through the um, system, so people just assumed I'd been on a job yeah. for a while, so they didn't treat me like the the average probie gets yeah. treated. You know, I didn't get hazed or anything like yeah. that. But just good, <laughs> right? Right. I mean, I didn't drive for the first. You know, they didn't stick me in the back. That used to be a big thing with our probies. Just put them in the back and, and tell them to shut up, you know, yeah. let them, they come out on the runs. They don't even know where they're at. Yeah. You know? And one of the things you wished we would do was put them in the driver's seat. We'd take them in the back, take them to a run. They have no idea where they're at. You know, back then we didn't have our phones, you know, to go through the maps yeah. and stuff. And uh, we say, okay, now you drive to the hospital, which was wrong. We <laughs> never should have done that. But, they had to come out on the street and figure out where they were. Yeah. So talk about trial by fire. Yeah. <laughs> That's, fun. That's a fun uh -huh. trick. I like that. I mean, I feel it was like, a very you know, nice yeah. us, uh, now everybody has GPS, but I, yeah. I mean, usually my partner, when I was new, would, you know, I'd come out and they'd say, all right, you're going to make a right up here and then make a left. And then I'd sort of be able to figure out like a little bit of where I was. But my one partner, you know, basically did the whole, like, you can't just be, you know, driven around forever looking at your protocols, right. you know, like you have to sort right, of know right. where you're going and, you know, also yeah, how to that's drive. what they told me one day. There's like, you're going west on Finkel to me. And I'm like, ah, sorry, where's, which way is west? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I admit it. I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> that's so, a, you know. yeah, that, that was some crazy stuff back then. But like, yeah, that was back then. I, I couldn't tell you what their new protocols are. Well, I know what the protocols are, but I don't know how they do things now. I just know like a couple of new guys will be in a truck together. And that's, again, still not a, the best idea. Yeah. But when you don't have enough people, you just don't have enough people. I think that's sort of unfortunately kind of a big thing in a lot of cities. Because even for, you know, the city we work in, it's it's sort of like you might have maybe six months more than your new partner, you know, yeah. and. And like these folks are coming out and maybe they've never been on an ambulance before and they've got someone who's three months ahead of them yep. or something, you know? And we'll see him going right. out. We're like, uh-oh. Yeah, it's like, oh. You know, like, uh-oh. Yeah, call us if you need us. guy is like, I'm the boss. Yeah. <laughs> That's the scary part is, you know, you get these three-month people, you know, a year and you're like, I got this. I still right. feel right. like I don't got this, you know? Like, I mean, it's there's still days where I'm like, ugh, like if I have to work with someone I don't know, uh, I'm a little yeah. like weirded out, you know? 
Yeah, or when you're driving to a run and uh, the person next to you is putting on lipstick while you're driving. I'm like, we're going to a code one. What are you doing? Yeah. You gotta look oh, cute. You gotta you look cute. Look yeah, you always gotta look cute. <laughs> you never know when you're gonna wind up on yep. camera. <laughs> yeah, I was like, ah, oh, no, get me off this truck. <laughs> so, how long were the shifts? I mean, what kind of shifts we were all doing? Um, there were 12 hours and. Uh, you know, you're held over pretty much every day because, mm. you know, you always get that 10 to 7 in the morning emergency phone call. You can't take it back to the firehouse, so you have to go on it. And that's every runs at least an hour. You know, you're uh -huh. not going to it's not you're not coming out of it. Let's put it that way. So you have to go and, you know, you pray that they don't really need to go to the hospital and you can go back and, you know, yeah. change crews and leave. But that's never the case at 7 in the morning. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, we luck out because it's every we can get out like fifteen minutes early. Well, so we, we come off. Well, no, we don't get. Yeah, we're taken out. Of you the were taken out of the mix unless it's like a cardiac arrest fifteen minutes before the end of our shift. So yeah, there's like a little message that comes up at like a quarter to the hour saying like it's time to roll the dice. Yeah, basically. So like you can get called. I mean, there yeah. are times we've gotten like we get out at five a.m. So there's times we've gotten a call at like four fifty-four. And you're like, really? Come yeah. on, man. You're, you're you know? cursing the world. Yeah. <laughs> but then you're like, oh, it's around the block. What jerks would we be if we didn't go to this call, yeah. you know? Right, right. So, and that's yeah. the city. They need to change their start time because 7 a.m. Is, is... Yeah, that's a rough... That's when shift changes, yeah. the nursing home. Yep. That's when, you know, people are starting to get up to go to school. Yeah. Yep. You know, it, 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning would be... Because really, that's when it slows down. Yeah. And yeah. They, because nobody, yeah, nobody finds their family dead, dead at happen. five in the morning. Well, that's I mean, the best part. usually it's 6 a.m. <laughs> yeah, it's like six o'clock is when you roll over. Oh, no. The cardiac arrest calls. Honey, you're yeah. dead. Peter. Mm -hmm. Peter, that's... Yeah, those are... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Let's be so, nicer. All right, so, so you left the West Side. You're an East Sider. And uh, what's, what station, what ambulance did you end up on over there? How was the, the, the difference side. between the East and the West Side of Detroit? I can't tell you yet. Oh, right. <laughs> you have to you just know, experience it, or uh, well, there's actually three. It's broken almost into a pie. You have the east side, the west side, and southwest. Okay, those are three definitely different areas. Um, different. Well, that's where you know the gang lines come yeah. from. You know what? Where, where you're going to? You know who's affiliated with it. We're not gang affiliated, but but you still have a gang, gang, yeah, because you don't like the, the east side guys. Gangs and Southwest, in my opinion, are probably the most dangerous. But huh. so who, those, who's better? Who's who's good. better? The east side medics or the west side medics? Well, that's a dumb question. <laughs> I'm an east side medic. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so how many? I mean, so you guys are broken into battalions. So how many? How many units make up the east side? Uh, Cool oh there. God, that's that's another good question. Well, we'll see. Pre, let's see. You right. know, we can do like pre-bankruptcy and then after bankruptcy, if you know that. Oh God, pre-bankruptcy. That was the well. That's back when they, they called it the seven-year suck, because <laughs> uh, or the seven. I'm sorry, the seven trucks sucked because that's all we had, and then the way we stationed them was we did the perimeter of the city. Okay. Wow. I mean, we had to, and everybody came in hmm. because there was no way that we could not do it because everybody first was overworked. Yeah. That's back when Kwame was our yeah. um, man, hmm. you know, back, back in the good old days. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 
I'm going to say it's pretty even. You know, the houses, the way they have it set up, there's it's. I, I can't give the mileage, but they're they're pretty even between the houses. Like, say, there's ten miles in yeah. between each house, and the way they're set up. And um, I, the west side's a little bigger than the east side. The east side's more condensed okay. because we got downtown. Yeah. And then it it branches out like from there. And then once you pass downtown, that's when you're in Southwest. Okay. And Southwest goes all the way to, I don't, I'm not sure what the border of that is, but um, yeah, I mean. So East side is like going towards um, Highland Park or the other way? No, Highland Park would kind of be the. Um, like the West-ish? The, yeah, would like the divider line somewhere like in there. Okay. Because once you cross Highland Highland Park or Hamtramck, okay. if you want to say, um, Woodward is the the line, right? And uh, Hamtramck, some of Hamtramck may butt up in there, but it's like um, I'm trying to think demographically how many cars. I, it's pretty even how many cars you have out there. The square mileage between the cars on the west side, the west side's bigger than the east side, yeah. so you have more cars there just because. Are there busier areas? Like, are one of the three like the most busy oh, or God, more calls? Yeah. East side's busier, but there's there's parts of the east, uh, the west side that are um, when you start getting into the center, like Medic Four and Medic Two and Medic Five are all like on the outskirts of the west side, and then when you get into Medic Sixteen and uh, I want to say Medic Three, those houses are off the hook. Those mm. are west side houses that you know just run constantly yeah, like it's and never then, ending. I mean, right east side kind of the same thing medical evidence we call that like a retirement home everybody that goes there has you know 15 plus years on the job or used to be yeah. and you could go there and, and sort of not relax. take a run ever yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know sit down and eat dinner because you can um my old partner, that's where she spent her last five years was at Medical Club. And we split up because I didn't have enough time on the job to follow her there. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. So, yeah, that, a, that kind of stuff. It's, a, it's funny how, like, in EMS, you gauge, like, how busy a place is by how you can actually eat. <laughs> like, can you eat dinner? Exactly. Can yeah. you order yep. food and actually eat yep. it in the same, you know, 20 minutes or 30 minutes, you know? I did when I worked Medic 15, which is one of the um, busiest houses on the east side. Actually, the busiest house on the east side. Um, I literally walked up on a porch eating a sandwich. Because <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, sometimes I you're getting that low, you know. Mad, and I just walked up eating my sandwich, going, "Okay, why am I here?" Yeah, because <laughs> she had a blister on her finger. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, yeah. but you can't sit down and eat. Everything yeah. you eat is cold, you know, microwaved if you can. Yeah. Yep. I mean, there's been plenty of times I've ordered food and never picked it up because yeah. I couldn't get to it. Yeah. I was hanging out with these guys the other night and they, they ordered food. They finished ordering it and they're like all relaxed ordering. I'm like, you guys aren't nervous? Like, no, we're good. <laughs> we went back and they're like, yeah, you know, we're going to show you the rest of our truck and everything. I'm like, you don't want to eat? And I'm like, no, nah, we'll be good. So then they finished. It was like 20 minutes. And then they went down and they sat and they ate like humans. I was like, and I'm like anxious. Yeah, I get anxious. You know? and, yeah, and my man's like, he's like, nah, bro, we're not going to do any calls. I get anxious when I'm trying to get coffee. Well, that's it. When I first started working, my mom noticed I started eating really fast. Yes. Yeah. And I would even, it would 
cross over into dinner at home yep. with the folks, you know. I'd get in there and I'd be drilling food into my and she'd be like, Hey, hey, you're not at work. Yep. And I'm like, I'm good and yep. now I got indigestion. Yes. <laughs> I know. I feel like that's how I live my life is with like yep. indigestion constantly. And I'm like, I think mm-hmm. it's just, you know, from work, I basically don't know how to eat like a human being anymore. <laughs> so Right. I did Thanksgiving, everybody's pointing at you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm done already. <laughs> totally do done. <laughs> <laughs> you get your plate, you put plastic wrap over it, yeah. and you wait. Yep. <laughs> I know, yep. I know. Yeah, it's, it's just some bad habits that you pick up, just like with sleeping patterns. You know, you do, last night was a good example. I knew I had something to do this morning. <laughs> I went to, went to sleep, had my face covered like I always do, and... <laughs> Four o'clock in the morning. Now I went to bed at 12 before I was still up going, son of a bitch. I, know. Yeah. I did the same thing. I was like excited to come here today. <laughs> and I was like, I got to go to sleep. <laughs> I, like, I got to go to sleep. hear a bell. I don't know. Do your radios make a noise before there's a transmission? No. Like beep? No. Yep. We have a, a, you hear like a click noise. Yeah. And if I hear that anywhere else, like if I'm, I could be at, you know, Walmart and hear that, <laughs> like, Something's coming over the radio. I stop and I just, you know, I got to take it all in and then, okay, they're not calling yeah. me. And then I just keep going. It's, it's bad habits. Yep, <laughs> some things never die. Well, it's, you know, years yeah. ago at the fire department, we used to have, um, like when a call came over on the computer, it used to alarm, like they would call you. And then they would send the job on the screen and then it would be this like beeping sound, which was horrifying. It sounded yeah. like an alarm clock. And it would like jolt you awake or now it's whatever. Gentle. It's now gentle. it's like a gentle ringing. And I like when I went out when I yeah, had my kid and I came back, I was, like, oh. yeah, I was like, "Yeah, I was like, what's this yeah. new calming, you know, phone <laughs> ringing sound?" I didn't like put two, well, and two we together. Used to, ours used to come up on a, a printer. It would turn ah, off. Yes. Now sometimes I'm not gonna lie, you are so knocked out. It's like <laughs> we. One of the guys rigged up a pop can to fall off into the floor oh, when the paper came through the printer. Yes. So you hear the noise and you wake up. <laughs> that's the innovate, yeah. innovation. Innovation. That's uh, EMS. That's We're always innovative. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because God forbid you miss that yeah, call to the stop Yeah. So you have a lot of a lot of vacants and you guys didn't have a lot of units. How was it, you know, operating in a vacant, you know, when you guys got called to a vacant, you know, you kept whole it was blocks. terrible. Like what was it like? Terrible. You know? <laughs> Going to vacant houses? Yeah. Oh my God. Those, those are the scary ones because a lot of times you are called to, you know, a lot of the homeless take up in those houses and and you have to go in. Even though you shouldn't be going in because yeah. yeah. they're dangerous structures. And you don't always get police because they're just as low on people as we are. And, you know, sometimes your boss will get all puffed up and go, if you, if we would refuse to go, because yeah. sometimes it's, it, well, a lot of times it's scary. And, you know, they'll go in and they'll clear the scene. I'm, I'm not a, a fan of management clearing a scene yeah. because you know they're first of all they're not carrying they yeah, they, they, they don't see have a gun. you know what they see they don't see everything yeah and uh you know when we get backed up we get backed up and you don't want to be saying i'm gonna wait for scout because there's been times where i've sat in the car for two hours waiting wow. for wow. yeah and you know someone's shot or you know someone's injured but you can't go because it's a dangerous scene yeah you just see the dog just go <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> That I mean, it's that's not like 
not having my attention. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah so. no, that's okay. <laughs> my son was outside knocking on the window. So for a while. would they get mad if you guys like went in? <laughs> would they get mad? Would you know? Would you guys get in trouble if you went in? Before the cops, got we there. no, you won't get in trouble. But we have cowboys on the job too. That you know, we go. Well, we're going in, and it's like they just told you there were guns on scene. Yeah. Okay, yeah. but they, they're going anyways because you know, dun, 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 dun. yeah. And uh, you know, most of the time it's nothing. You know, um, I had I explained this to my son a while back. Usually, when there's a shooting or a drive-by, they don't come back. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> done. They're not trying but, to. That's yeah. not always the rule, yeah. you know, sometimes there's a secondary. We've learned that over in history, you know, when somebody wants to get a job done, they're not just going to leave. We had a guy one time, um, they got this, or one of our trucks got called for one down and um, a good friend of mine was on the ambulance at the time. And if the guy was in a field, well, yeah, he was down because he was shot. Mm. But that part didn't come out. Now that wasn't dispatch's fault at the time. Yeah. They just didn't know the information. And they put the guy on their stretcher. They were pushing him into the truck, and a guy came up with a shotgun and wow. shot the guy on the stretcher. Yikes! And, and the medic was just standing there, and he could have very well turned that gun of on course. him and shot yeah. him. But he didn't. Thank God. But he wanted to make sure the guy was dead. Yeah. And that's the situations that you get into when you go on scenes where, you know, there are no police. Yeah. And you're going to clear the scene because we're backed up or, yeah. or you're hungry. You know, your yeah. food's getting cold. So you're like, let's just get in and get out. I mean, you just, there's no reason to not be as careful as possible. Yeah. But we get complacent sometimes. How do you how how would you explain this to a new person? You know, to wait for the cops or something like that. Don't do it. <laughs> you know, like you know, because oh, yeah, look at my face. Don't do it. Yeah. You know, but they uh, they 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 have a false sense of security. You know, especially yeah. and and I I have absolutely zero um, problems with um, private companies as they may think, you know, everybody thinks there's some big war between us and private companies. We have, I think at certain points, 13 trucks that do mutual aid with us. And I, I appreciate it completely, but, um, you know, there's always this underlying tension between privates and, and municipal because privates, when I did my ride alongs, when I was doing EMT and paramedic, Private companies don't do emergency runs. I they yeah. I did all, a lot of my learning in nursing homes. Mm. Not saying it's a bad thing, but it's not an emergency run most of the time. I mean, you know, we were shuttling somebody from a cancer treatment yeah. to you know their chemo or whatever, and I get I understand the fact they're not used to it. But you know, again, trial by fire, they get used to it real fast, I'm sure. and you know they have the skills that they need. Yep. They're coming into the job with the skills, but they may not have the knowledge of the danger that they would be in. And that is the reasoning for our academies, yeah. because that gives you an idea of what you're walking into. Yep. Did you all have any kind of self-defense in the academy or anything like that? Or just, yeah. No. Yeah. No, not back. Now they are now. They have some classes that they do. Um something called i think it's called verbal judo yeah and, we have to um, say yeah we're doing like verbal de-escalation yeah i don't know yeah 
that and um yeah they basically just tell you to run away just retreat (laughs) you know they were gonna give us body cams with my situation they're like can you get back in the car in the truck and i was like um i'm bleeding to death yeah no um so yeah they do that and uh dmat um ems i'm not i've talked to the guy that runs Mm -hmm. that his name's kip um he it, it, i want to say that might be some kind of a physical i don't i haven't had to train yeah. myself so yeah. but yeah. i know the city's done a couple of different things but that's only been since my incident so yeah. um before that yeah you were just basically on your own you had to um either fight run or die i mean there was yeah. three I, mean, you could do. I guess i mean you know the hope is that you have some common sense some street smarts and uh you know, maybe have fought before in your life or something. And also, you know, exactly. That's, that's it. Exactly. If I did, if I wasn't raised with five brothers and sisters, I could honestly say I, or, and bullied when I was in junior high, I had to fight my way out of a couple of situations. I probably would not have lived that night because you have to know how to throw a punch or two or, or, and that's not on the, the application when you go fill it yeah. out. It doesn't say you have to fight for your life. No, yeah. it never anywhere. They don't give you that idea. I think because it's one of those sort of hidden parts that, um, and I, I mean, I hate to say it this way, but it, you know, EMS across the country is like underpaid, uh, you know, compared to police and fire. And it's sort right. of seen as like, well, you're not necessarily putting your life in danger, but the reality is. Very well, often, get in ambulance, we're getting into a tight box with people that we don't know who might be high, who might be angry. Uh, you're going into people's homes. You don't know what kind of weapons they have in there or, or, or what's going on in their mind. I mean, like, it's pretty dangerous. It can be, obviously, very dangerous, you know. And yeah. um, The one thing they did teach us in the academy 17 years ago was don't let the door shut behind you. Yes. Yeah. And you know, that really didn't resonate with me until the first time I was on a job and I seen you walk into, there could be 20 people in a room and some are mad, some are drunk, some are, you know, and there's a person that probably had a heart attack or you really don't know, but you have to attend to that person and everybody in the room at the same time. And that's one of the more difficult things. Now, like I said, I was a little older coming into it and, you know, I've had a few different jobs. So I've had people, I, I have a way of, uh, you know, talking to people in a respectful manner, but getting my message across. Yeah. You like know. firm. I'm not the yeah. loudest one in the room, but I can be if I have to be. Yeah. Um, but a lot of new, you know, you got an 18 year old guy, girl, fresh out of high school with their certificate yay you know (laughs) they and they're coming from an area where nobody ever wanted to hurt them before yeah they don't get it they'll get it real quick when it happens to them yeah and like i said the last conference i went to i said it's not a matter of if it's going to happen it's when is it going to happen because you know the world we live in is changing and it's not for the better yeah yeah and how about i mean i know there was a point where you especially when you guys only had like the seven ambulances that you were not not of your own fault but just of the you know the call volume you guys were like getting onto calls that maybe had been holding for you know 
long amounts of time. I'm sure yeah. there were times where you got on calls and people were like obviously frustrated that they called 911 however long ago. I mean, how do you handle those kind oh, of situations? Sure. Um, you hope to God that they're not going to direct it at you. Plenty yeah. of times. Because back then we had paper run sheets. We didn't have all this modern uh, technology. I love paper, yet. right? Yeah. Yo, I miss I paper know, right? so much. <laughs> Especially when you can erase the ink. Um, uh, I, my first go-to was to show the person my sheet and say, this is the time, uh, it was, you know, in, um, military time. I said, but this is the time that I got dispatched. That tells you it's taken me three minutes to get here, four minutes to get here. And they would look at it. And at that point, the anger wasn't towards me anymore because, yeah. you know, I proved to them. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. The, it, the ball was dropped or not even the ball dropped. We just didn't have the resources. Yeah, the resources weren't yeah. there. You know? And I found in my travels that if you explain something, because a lot of times the people don't understand. You just don't call 911 for anything. Yeah. They just, you know, they're at a loss. They don't have a car. I'll call 911. You know, my sister did it. You know, she got to the hospital. So I understand that. But when I explain to them, you know, you're taken away from somebody that actually could use us and or somebody's dying or I had a, for instance, I was on a run where a lady had a, a slight fever, a little older lady, and um, a child was hit on the street behind us. Oh, and I man. heard the run uh, while I was sitting there, you know, telling her we don't have thermometers because temperatures are not emergencies yeah. in older people. And uh, I said, did you just hear that run go out? And she looked at me kind of sideways. And I said, there's a child run over by a car one street over. Could you, you know, please get out of my truck? Yeah. <laughs> and she was like, but I want to go to the hospital. It didn't click in her head that there was a child laying in the street. And then I, I got a little bit amped up. And I'm like, lady, please, I promise I'll come back for you. Yeah. And she finally got out of the truck. And we were able to respond to the child, but that's happened before and people refuse to get out of the truck. Yeah. I had a girl tell me at one point, it's not my emergency. That's not my child. Jeez. Wow. And it was almost the same exact run. That's when you so, put them in the chair and you make them watch. I have went to runs with a code three in the back because they wouldn't get out. I'm yeah. like, you're going to sit on the bench because somebody yeah, else really to, i mean we've had something happen in front of us let's say that yeah. one accident where the person spun out and uh we're stopped on the highway and you know we're taking someone to the hospital kind of a longer distance where they weren't necessarily in bad shape but now right. we're taking another patient on and you know i i think they were a little upset by the time we got to the hospital but at first they were like okay we get it you just literally saw an accident yeah. take place in front of you and the girl right. was like you know, injured and freaked out because it like her whole car spun around and that everything. And oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and yeah. so you know, I mean, like sometimes you just gotta explain. Like, look, someone's a little worse off <laughs> than you, you know, and like right. this is not just a taxi ride. Like, this is a an actual emergency vehicle, you know. Right, and 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 that's that's the bad part about it. we need to do more. Um, I guess public service announcements, but yeah. when when you get into these situations, a lot of these. Um, the people in the city, they're lower income or, or poverty. They don't have 
They, may they not don't have, have maybe don't access have to get there. either to like get yeah. right. they to don't a regular cars, doctor, they, you know, yeah. You know, the so, city of Detroit, if you're going to have a baby, it's become part of the, the whole process to call 911. Wow. When, when it's time to give birth, yeah. I, we joke about it, but they, in their minds, they think, okay, you know, you go to your doctor's appointments, you do your nine months, and then when it's time to go, you call 911, and they take you to the hospital of your choice. Yeah. Oh, you know, that's not the way it's supposed <laughs> to work, but okay. Yeah. How many babies <laughs> you delivered, Kelly? Oh, my God. I don't even know. Really? I, I, that's uh, one of my... I don't like doing I don't that. I don't. But no, I, just call. I hate that. I like it. Gross. I mean... Gross. <laughs> it is gross. I didn't really like it when I had my own kid. <laughs> I just, I feel um, like I it's, you know, it's a good call. I mean, it can 20. be. Over 20? Wow. At least over 20. They've I all fallen out. I've only caught I'm, one. I didn't deliver, but I held the pen light while my partner <laughs> delivered in the, in the, it was a car that wasn't running in the backyard. Oh, wow. In, in the dark at night, the lady was crying. The car, it was an abandoned car. I don't know why she was sitting in it, no. but she was. And uh, the baby was crying, and I just held the pen light while my partner got in there. I don't know how she got in the car, but the girl was in the front seat, squatted. Wow. And yep, that, yep, that was kind of one for the books. Yeah. <laughs> mm. I had a brand new... Yeah, we backed up BLS. It was a brand new, it wasn't even their Mercedes. It was the mom's Mercedes that she had for like three days and they wow. were driving and she had the baby in the front seat. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that. why I got seat covers. Not that I'm going to throw that whole car away. going to help that. Mm. Yeah, babies, that was when I was doing my, um, my clinicals for paramedic. We did, we do a lot of them in the OR, so, yeah. or the L&D labor and delivery. So you could literally <clears throat> help with the birth of 15, 20 kids in one day. And one lady was having a baby and the doctor asked me to leave the room because my facial expressions were so gross <laughs> while I was watching it. I was like, everything was just showing right on my face. Yeah. And all I kept thinking was, that is so nasty. <laughs> I actually feel like the the vaginal birth stuff was okay, and then I when I did my L and D rotations, yeah, the C section, I almost fainted. It was like I got all sweaty, I, I like was pale. I had to leave, and I I like slowly walked into another room. I thought I was gonna throw up, and and then like I, when I caught my breath, I was like, all right, I can go back in there. I got back in there for not even two seconds, and I was like, goodbye, and I had to leave again. Yeah, C sections like, are cool. Oh, I'm gosh. like, yeah, pull it all out of there. Yeah, you know? it was so like. <laughs> aggressive you know and there was just a lot of I was fluid just everywhere to a friend about why i don't eat chicken um <laughs> <laughs> oh my god the other day we were talking and we were at a restaurant actually i said when i was doing my rounds you know my medic rounds i was in the or and um the doctor i don't know i mean it's a whole different it's a weird way you know the radio's on they're all joking yep. this is their job yeah. you know how we do people think it's weird i'm just standing there and He's doing heart surgery. He's cutting this guy's heart oh, open. He's, there's, he's spread, whatever. And he's like, okay, Kelly, come here. And I was only supposed to be in the innovation part of it, right? And I was like, okay. And he goes, here, give me your hand. And he puts my hand in this man's chest. Whoa. And I was like, what, what am I doing? He goes, do you feel that? And I could feel the something yeah. on my hand. Mm. But it didn't dawn on me. I'm holding this man's heart. And mm. I was like, Ugh. 
Okay, <laughs> it's cool, but it's not. You should, probably shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be doing this. Let me get out of here. But I was literally, you know, touching a heart that was beating. And I think that's what his his whole idea was during that. Yeah. But I couldn't eat chicken after that. Wow. I don't that's know why. Nice. Maybe because of kind of the shape. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. there's a lot of, like, when Ooh, you it does really. does look like chicken. Yeah. Now that I think about it. Honestly, I was I thought yeah. you were gonna say like I saw an episiotomy in labor and delivery where they like snip, oh, you know? Yeah. And I thought uh-huh. it looked like chicken cutlets when you like try to cut them, it was like blah, like it just opened. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah. like I got so freaked out, you know. Mm-hmm. And um but I mean once you start looking at like what the human body looks like, once you're doing like traumas and you know, real things, like we do like people get hit by the subway cars. You start realizing like, oh, yeah, we're all just like animals, you know, like we're all just right. meat inside, we are you know, what we eat. That, yeah. That's exactly what it is, is that, you know, we have bone marrow, just like, you know, people digging into those big bones in mm-hmm. that marrow. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. definitely yeah. reason to be a vegetarian. Nah, I, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I feel like it's one of those things like we can all joke about it. Because when you do this job for a while, you you develop sort of a a little bit of a sick yeah. sense of humor, and we all turn super weird. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Maybe we no. were weird. I don't know. Right, so you- right. Because it is a you. It's a pretty much think for yourself kind of job. Yeah. You know, I just did a ace. If you guys have a, it's ACE aces training. No. You might not. The guy, the, these two guys, they're great. Um, I can't remember what the acronym is, but uh. They, I just went through training last week and it talks about how the synapses and, you know, young child, like, you know, they always joke when you go to a psychiatrist that they blame it on your parents and it's yeah. whatever's the matter with you. These guys explained the way the brain works. So they broke it down so elementary style that it was, I left mm. the room like, oh my God, that explains everything. Yeah. And that's wow. why they blame our parents. <laughs> it's not a bad <laughs> thing. It's just the way the brain works. And it really gives you a, a, an outlook on how our, we function as people and medics in a whole function alone. You know, that's yeah. why you only need two. You get a bunch of medics in the room. It's too many. First of all, nobody's going to shut up. Everybody's right. You mm-hmm. know, we're, we're, we do everything on our own. You know, you're in the back of that truck by yourself. Yeah. So you have to be able to think by yourself. It's not a group effort. There's no yeah. team. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because oh. yeah, we always said it's like too many cooks in the kitchen. I know. You know I, like when you watch Live Rescue and stuff, there's like seven, seven medics yeah, there. Yeah, and they it's don't break it down cooks. to the basics. You get a bunch of medics together and, you know, they. it's got to be, you know, the very worst thing in the world that can happen to these people. Yeah. But while you're figuring out, you know, his brain aneurysms and his triple A's and this, the guy's not breathing. Yeah. So let's just go basic. Let's yeah. think yeah. it's sugar. Yeah. 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 So, I know. So agree. That's absolutely true. Yep. So let's just, cause we got to start wrapping up, but, um, so after the bankruptcy, what would you, how do you say, and what do you see the Detroit, the system of Detroit EMS now post bankruptcy and, you know, mayor Dugan and all his good stuff. Well, the bankruptcy really hit us all really hard, especially the first responders. Um, they, they, literally dug into our annuities and um, took back, I mean, me personally, they took about, I want to say, I don't want to act like I know, $32,000 out of my um, annuities because they took back our interest that we earned for 10 years. 
that was part of the bankruptcy. How how that even could be legal, I don't know. Wow. We had guys that were retired that they owed $100,000 back to the city. Oh my gosh. And they were able to get that money. <clears throat> if you didn't give it to them, they were gonna dig into your social security. It, it was just crazy. And our wages got cut. We all took a pay cut. Mm-hmm. Um, our, our insurance took a hit. You know, a lot of, I was just, just got vested right before the bankruptcy. So of course they went back the whole 10 years for me. Yeah. And, um, it was just, it was, it was like having to start over in a new job. Your, your retirement was messed up. Your, your, your health benefits were messed up and we're just now getting back to not even normal. I mean, we haven't. I forget the cost of living because you know it goes up every year but we yeah. were still back you know 10 years yeah. and they just I want to say police got made whole and um there's a little bit more incentive for police because we don't have any they you yeah. know they have to do that fires been we just became part of fires union so um mm. Our union kind of sucked prior to that, mm-hmm. so they didn't really fight hard for us at all. Yeah. They just like whatever, sign it. We don't care. Yeah. And you know, you've made a job for twelve years. You can't just well, you could walk away, but you got twelve yeah. years in there. Where are you going? And yeah. We're kind of mentally stuck there too. Every when you become a medic, and especially what we see, the things that we do. Yeah. Where else are you going to take those skills? You know, you're going to go work in a banker, yeah. you know, like. You really well, I'm going to go work at a bank. Our TCF just started hiring people for $18 an hour. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I was like, that took me, I think, four years to get to when I started EMS. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember yeah. when I made that money. Oh, I know. I think it was I, like seventeen fifty. I was making I was like, nine when time. I started, and I, yeah. you know, nine dollars. And then I remember going to the gas station one day to fill up, and they were hiring for like I think it was ten fifty to work at the gas station. Yeah, I was like, yeah. what the hell? I'm in the wrong business, you know? Absolutely, so, absolutely. Yeah. That that's the part that I don't understand. I don't know if if you guys work the same as ours do. We are part of the fire department, but they call us non-uniform uniformed employees yes you guys do the same I think that's our same that keeps title us out of the charter it keeps us out of the the real state it mm-hmm. makes us we're not first responders we are categorized just like the guys that cut the lawn in the city yeah that's yeah. crazy but yep. yeah we've been fighting for that for a long yep. time but yeah, we're trying to get it like we're uniformed but we're not uniformed so yes yeah it's, and it's weird it's gonna look at you like you're crazy yep. what what does that yeah. even mean yeah. That means we don't get the the, the death same benefits. rights as they do yeah. and the benefits exactly. Yep. Is that that one girl was she got killed in the Bronx? They had a fight to get her some kind of death benefits because they weren't going to give her anything. She had five kids. Oh, that that Yarrow. Yeah, uh, you came, yeah, uh, you came was, up for that, right? Like, yeah. I I was going to, but oh, then yeah. you know my lovely PTSD wouldn't let me get on the. All I kept thinking is, man, if I get on that island or, yeah. <laughs> or yeah. wherever the wherever the uh, funeral was, in my head because again I had planned on going with a, a couple of our people did go. And I just couldn't, I, I was getting sick to my stomach every time I thought about being around that many people. Yeah. But that was back when I was in the throes of my, just learning what PTSD was and what was actually going on with me. So 
I, I'm getting, I'm better now. Yeah. Not completely, but I'm, I'm getting there. Yeah, PTSD is interesting. I, I remember you said that you do some speaking on the PTSD thing now, right? Yeah. The yeah, IFF. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I've gone to um, a few different conferences. Actually, I just got back from Phoenix. Um, I was at the Health Safety Officers uh, Convention um, or conference, whatever they yeah. call it. And um, yeah, I was talking to those guys about, you know, our mental health, our well-being, and yeah. if anybody's going to pay attention, it would be your safety officer. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I mean, all of us, in a sense of another, if you've been on the, I mean, I don't want to, your first day on the job could be your worst day on the That's job. That's the craziest that, thing. That should be yeah. our motto, you know. Yep. I mean, I, there, I could see 10 dead babies in a day. There's nothing mm -hmm. stating that that couldn't happen. And then I have to deal with that. And you know, everybody, all, anybody that works for fire, EMS, police, that could happen. Yep. So you have to, they have to understand any one of us have some level of PTSD. Oh, yeah. And you have, they have to start addressing that in a big way. And that's pretty much what a lot of my, when I go to these conferences, what I talk about, you know, I give them the little spiel about what happened to me and then, you know, <clears throat> what happened after. You know, because aftercare in a situation, even if you're not beat up or cut or shot or whatever, you know, you don't have to be the person that it's getting and that it's happening to. You just have to witness it over and over and over again. And then all of a sudden you're kind of loopy and you don't even know it. Yeah, that's so. the truth. So because I had some stuff happen in my volunteer firehouse and, you know, I'm tough as nails. You know, I've seen I've seen a lot of stuff and it finally was just. It was enough. You know, you just you go over the deep end. Right. You know? And that that was me. I, I always, you know, I hate to say pride in myself as I was, you know, I'm Big Kelly. I was the one. Yep. People would work with me and not be afraid because I wasn't going to let anything happen to you or me. And, um, you know, one of your tough as nails kind of broads, as they would say in the mm -hmm. firehouse. And, uh, I mean, I've fought like there was no tomorrow that day and it still happened and you know there's still trauma I mean, and the ripple effects of what happened to me my partner my regular partner he still he probably would never admit it but i know it bothers him to this day that he wasn't at work he feels guilty because he wasn't with me yeah and he feels if he was with me don't mind the dog behind that's me. all right <laughs> if he was with me that that would have never happened and that's not true. You can't take that on. But I can see where he's, you know, yeah. his thought process is. And if we don't take care of ourselves mentally, we're going to end up hurting people. Because yeah. that's yeah. really what it is. It's, we got to figure out how to do, you know what I mean? Because it's, there's not as much stigma. You know, like back in the, you know, years ago, you know, you didn't say anything, you know, because you were like that <laughs> weak guy or whatever, you know. Exactly. And now it's, it's okay to say something. You know, I, I talk to the kid to the, I'll say kids. I'm the older guy now. You know, right. I talk to the kids now at work when they, it's a lot more. I'm like, oh, you know, you know, you're drinking a lot now, you know, something like that. I try to pay attention to them, you know, in the, in the recent months, you know, since I stopped drinking and stuff like that. So I try to talk to them a little bit more. So. Right. And that's, ex that's it exactly. And nobody sees it. I mean, five years ago, I would have told you, you were crazy. If you would have said, Kelly, man, you should probably go talk to somebody because yeah. you're angry. They didn't call me angry, Kelly, for nothing. I mean, I was coming yeah. to work angry. I was yeah. like, you know, yeah. 
Yeah. Or it is like because of everything that, you know, they can't blame my husband because I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I would have told you counseling's for, you know, crazy people. And yeah. I didn't realize that I was slowly, I wasn't losing it, but I was, I was, the, the hard shell was getting harder. Yeah. And I, I was more, one of the times that I was talking, I said, you know, we're trained in to, you know, have a poker face. You know, we are trained to not show emotion when we show up on scenes because that will set the scene. If mm-hmm. I, you know, make a face like when the babies were delivering or <clears throat> I cry yeah. or I act like I'm scared of something, people are going to react around the way I react. Yeah. So yeah, we have to have rich- that stone face this yeah. is going to happen let's get it done yep. go into a psychiatrist's office that say that psychiatrist <clears throat> is not part of the fire department or ems they have no idea that you are pulling the wool over their eyes too because you're going to say i'm fine yeah. there's nothing wrong with me yeah, yeah especially to get back, get back out there if yeah, it's for your job you're gonna I tell mean, them you, you know, know i just want to get back out there we have a every year they do like an annual with our department and there's like a questionnaire that asks about how much you're drinking and how you feel and i remember one year i was like uh, i mean you know we kind of like answer it as honestly as you can and then one year mm-hmm. i was like i felt like i sort of needed something and like i kind of answered a little more honestly than i usually did and then I just got sat down for this like quick, like, how you doing? I was like, I'm pretty okay. And she was like, well, it looks like you're drinking a lot, you know? And I was like, yeah, probably. And then she was like, all right, well, here's a card for like the counseling unit. And that was it. And then I felt <laughs> right. like an idiot. And then I was like, uh, all right, maybe I'll, maybe I'll do it. And I, I have gone there, but um, it honestly didn't even come from work. It was like things were going on at work, which we just deal with because that's life. It was outside of work. A friend of mine, like, you know, tried to kill themselves and I was the one who found them and uh, I had to call 911 and I felt like useless on the scene because I was so overwhelmed. And after that, I basically was like numb, you know, like for weeks and weeks, I just was numb to everybody. I barely talked to anybody. And I, I don't know how I finally came to this, but I sort of felt like I think something's wrong. You know, like I, I think I got to talk to someone and it was like, I know that one incident sort of pushed it over the edge, but it was like how many years of seeing horrible stuff can you just go and not ever say anything, you know, like, I mean, and, and we tell each other in EMS, we tell each other about our horrible jobs, but it almost like on some level compounds it because then you hear about other people's horrible jobs too. You know, it's not really freeing yourself up of this stuff. Like more on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you laugh about it. You know, the next thing you know, you're standing in a funeral making jokes, and people are looking at you, and it's like, oh, I'm not at work. I know. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's the best part. You got to watch what you say. I know. Yeah, it's it's not table talk at Thanksgiving. You just you're you're pretty much alone in it. And if you say I have a problem, you take a chance on losing your job. That's the other thing. You know, you have to watch what you say. You know, because then they're going to EDP you. You know, you're going to get a seven day stay. And all you really right. need to do is just talk to somebody and tell them, you know. Right. And that's kind of the little journey I've been on lately is I'm advocating for, you know, this is, we need like anonymous counseling. We need to mm-hmm. be able to go talk to someone and it not affect our job or promotion. Yeah. 
Because yeah. you don't want it looking that you got crazy checks on your paperwork when you go yeah. and get that, you know, lieutenant's promotion or whatever. Because you'll be the one they pass over. You know yeah. it and I know it. Yep. But to have at so, least this outlet where the reality is you can move forward another day because you're not harboring all this horrible stuff. You exactly. Know? Like you need That's it. the only reason I can talk to anybody right now is because yeah. I have had some intense counseling that, you know, basically tells me there's nothing wrong with me. You yeah. know, because that's what you start feeling. What's wrong with me? What, yeah. Why can't I handle it like everybody else can? But most and people can't. Most you people know? can't. Most civilians, they're not handling they see it. one horrible thing. I had a roommate years ago who saw someone, like they were doing CPR on someone in the street, and it like flipped her out. You know, she came home, right. and she was like, oh, my God, like crying. Like, I just saw this. What What was happening? And I was like. Oh, yeah. You know, the guy was probably in cardiac arrest. And, you know, if they were doing stuff on his chest, that's Whatever. this. And it, it made it worse. Like, she was like, he was dead? I'm like, oh, yeah. No, you know, like, sorry. Um, but, like, that, yeah. like, freaked her out so much. And I'm like, you know, we, we're just bombarded with this stuff. Remember that poor hipster chick stuff. who found a roommate? Oh, God, yeah. yeah. I, I honestly the roommate felt killed bad himself, for this poor And woman. then she came home and found him. And, like, we were walking upstairs. I was so mean. I was like, I was like, I bet you. She, and she, this girl, like, runs down crying. I'm like, I bet you that's the apartment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I, we felt bad. Like, we went up, and it was like a young man who had hanged himself, and like, uh, mm -hmm. and he, he wasn't like a family member. He was like kind of just a roommate. Yeah, they like, no not, idea. they didn't even know his family. You know. And well, that's so, what we don't realize what a bad visual yeah. that is. Yeah. 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 And now, so like, I, I've started to look at this. You know, like, mm -hmm. I feel bad for the other people. You know that are finding them. You know, yeah. before I'm like, eh, whatever, and now I'm like, that's pretty sad. That's something yeah, that's gonna, that, that's they're gonna deal I with for the rest of their life. We have to go in and we have to touch it and we have to smell it and we have to move it and we have to mm -hmm. figure it out and we have to do that over and over and over again. Where outsiders can say, "Don't tell me that. I don't need yeah. to hear it. Yeah. I don't have to see it." They don't even have to deal with their own people dying because we clean that up. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's. Um, I think someone's not at my door. Well, thank you for chatting with us, Kelly. Oh, no. Thank you. I appreciate what you guys are doing. We're trying. Yeah, and we appreciate what you're doing. I think it's a noble thing to get it out there that, you know, we are not just mindless soldiers here. This is a hard job, and it's hard on the psyche, you know, and I think that's important. It's, you know, it's... Something. We need to appreciate, you know, our seasoned veterans too. Yeah. You know, I don't think a lot of oh, people. Oh, for sure. That that's know. a that's a whole nother. Yeah, that, that'll hour be the next time. Talking about our retirees. That's one for you guys yeah. should do. Is I got a couple of retirees that I know would love to talk to you guys. Oh, awesome. yeah. They, they, because yeah. that's another thing. Once you leave this job, they then what? They yeah. literally all go back and start working for the privates. Yeah. Not only for financial gain, but they Just don't know what to do what with themselves. So. I know you yeah. don't. That's same on our side. There's yeah. a lot of folks who go and take other jobs with EMS elsewhere, you know. Are you supposed to retire? I yeah. don't know. I know a couple guys that went <laughs> to Florida. You're supposed to go down to the yeah. beach like I'm going to do. I know. <laughs> yeah. Stay there. I hear that. All right. All right, cool. Well, thanks. You know, I'll have to get out to uh, New York, uh, to them boroughs, and hang out with you guys soon. Yes, Definitely. Come hang yes. out with us anytime. Yeah, yeah, we got to drive. We don't have any dogs. in New York. I know. <laughs> it doesn't snow. Yeah, it's yeah. been pretty dry, so... Yeah. Yeah, we have cats, no dogs, though, at our station. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but she kills the giant yeah, rats giant that are rats. in our station. Or okay, he yeah, now. That, yeah. That'll, that, that'll work. 
Yeah, yeah. we need it. <laughs> so uh, I'll send you the video. When I get done, I'll send you this rad video. It's quite interesting. All right. Well, I appreciate you guys giving me the uh, time. No, my yep, thank you for you. giving us yeah. your time. We appreciate waking up early on Sunday. Yeah. You know. All right. Well, next good subject you got, let me know. I'm always, right. you know, we'll call you. I may sleep in, but I can always brush my teeth and turn That's my phone right. on. We'll do the next one at night. So, because we're night people, this will yeah, there for you us. Go. Yeah. So. All right. Thanks, All Kelly. Right, guys. Good talking right, to you again. All right. Talk Bye. to you soon. <laughs> All right. So it's Pete and Julie. We just finished talking to our friend Kelly Adams from Detroit. And it's pretty interesting. I know. That was great. I mean, she's very interesting and seasoned EMT. Yep. Uh, she's got a lot of things, you yep. know, to teach us and, and to talk about. Yeah. And Definitely with the PTSD thing and everything yeah. like that. So well, it's a big I thing coming up. Well, I hope you all enjoyed that interview. And uh, we were super happy to have Kelly with us. Um, and thank you all for watching and, and listening to us yeah. again. We spoke into the mics this time, Joe. I know. Hopefully we were louder. So, yeah. Uh, Can you hear me now? Echo <laughs> 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 right, so behind the 44 Case Avenue. I have 760 Case Avenue. 